Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I am joined by the Baking Matt. Hello there. Uh, I say that because we're recording on the same day as last week. Yeah. It is still the really, hottest day. Really, really hot. I know we're covering a two-parter today, but if this episode turns out to be 20 minutes long, you know why. <laughs> it's the hottest day on record today. Yeah. But it's been flipping hot all week. It has. It's been and I forgot we were doing a two-parter, so yeah. I watched three hours of Doctor Who. In one day. That's not In the baking heat. That's not recommended. So, yeah. if I come across in a foul mood, <laughs> you know what. I do genuinely worry that doing them back-to-back and stuff is, like, affecting your appreciation of... Well, uh, I don't know. I don't know, because sometimes... I, mean, I, I know, ultimately, you do not like Doctor <laughs> Who, and that is the dynamic we're having to work with. But it's getting to the point where, like, at first it was kind of amusing listening like listening to you tear apart my favorite tv show every week it's not getting to the point where it's just it's just crushing my spirit <laughs> it's making me so sad but anyway. i don't entirely hate it uh, there's just i mean it's not good i understand i that's the trouble if if your criticisms weren't often valid it would be a lot harder <laughs> it would be a lot yeah yeah, but it's just like, yeah, it's it's tough. But I mean, this this will change everything, won't it? Uh, Sontara stratagem and the, and the poison sky, a, a cracking two-parter. We can both agree. I I can't work out whether I like this episode or not. Mm-hmm. We, and it might go back to what you were saying about watching it all in one go. Yeah, because I think there's quite a lot of good and yes. there's quite a lot of bad. Oh yeah, and. It's just this weird it, tapestry of yeah, two, like it? yeah. I I honestly don't know if I could describe this episode to someone <laughs> without my notes because yeah. like a lot, there's a lot packed in. Yeah, there's a episodes. lot of plates being spun. Yeah, and at the same time, not really much going on at the same yeah, time. Fair, fair. Um, so from my perspective. This is a two-parter that I would often skip on a rewatch. Mm. Like it's not one that I would return to very often because I don't. I remembered not enjoying it the first time I watched it. So I really surprised myself when I watched it for this. I had a pretty great time with it. Like, over, like it's definitely it's got its problems, but overall, I was like, I'm enjoying. This is some good Doctor Who. I don't know whether... I think it's maybe just one of those ones where your own state of mind yeah. has a huge bearing on how much you enjoy it. Because yeah. it, it's one of those ones where you just have to go with it. You, you, If you put up barriers and you you start questioning too much, you're going to have... You're going to struggle with it. But if you just go with the flow of this, like, this story... There's, there's so much yeah. to dislike. Yeah. But somehow it's still got a bit of charm about it. Oh, it definitely does. Like, Shall I tell you, this might shed some light on it as well. If I tell you, this is written by Helen Rayner. Yes. Who wrote uh, the Daleks two-parter in the last series. Daleks in Manhattan and... Uh, uh, I would say this is better than that. Nonsense. Oh, yeah, definitely. But I think it shares certain DNA. Um, for one, classic monster. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a two-parter again. Oh, so the Sontaran... Oh yes, the Sontaran. I mean, it's alluded Does, to in the episode. Is that why they have shit armor <laughs> that looks like it was made in the fifties and sixties? I mean, it, you're, I hate to say it, they've 
kind of upscaled the armor significantly from how it looked in the classic series. And, and did they have potato heads? Yes. In the classic. Yeah, they've always looked like baked potatoes. That's right. not changed. I mean, overall, the design is very close to the classic. It's just like it looks a lot sleeker and a lot less like it was just sort of cobbled together with some, you know, whatever they had lying around in a skip. Um, <laughs> like the classic. Now, uh, um, uh, going back to something that we mentioned. Ages and ages ago. Yeah. Would this episode be better if the character of Luke Rattigan yeah. was replaced with Adam? It would always fit, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. All yeah. the way through, I was like, was this written for Adam, but mm. the actor that plays Adam, Bruno Langley, was found guilty of sexual misconduct? Yeah. No, I mean, sadly, that hadn't happened at the time of this this uh, airing that happened a bit later on well, may, maybe rtd just knew yeah in it's the possible background. i mean who knows maybe he was uh just dislikable on, on certain series one but i just thought yeah. if you're gonna have a super genius with you know because he doesn't really have a great agenda here yeah other than uh i've been contacted by the sontarans i follow them yeah but if it was adam he would have purpose to go against mankind and the Doctor. Yeah, no, it definitely would fit. Um, I was actually reading it. Um, there was it was an offhand mention in a thread I was reading the other day on on Reddit that um, uh, apparently Adam did come back in the some comics, one of one of mm-hmm. the comic runs as a villain. Um, so I'd be quite interested to read I that. I knew it. I knew it. Because it does fit. It feels like like that would be the that the is a villain event. origin story. It is. It is. So and it's a shame that we don't get it on the TV show. Um, but then also. It's maybe good that there would be less work for, you know, a sex offender. So, yeah. yeah. But having said that, Luke Rattigan, should we just... um, Do you want to talk about him now or do you want to save that for later? Well, we can talk about it because, I mean, we open the show at the Rattigan Academy. So it's as good a place as any to start. Yeah. So So, how do you find him as a a villain? Or villain-esque, villain-light yeah, he's... Because I think from the very beginning, he begins communicating with some off-planet, non-human. Yes, yeah. They, they tease re- us for a little while. Yeah, later revealed to be the Sontara. Yeah. So we know he's not the puppet master. Yeah. So he fills the role as, like, a weaselly villain mm. quite well. Yeah, I, I, I think I credit to the... I've not seen him in anything since... Mm-hmm. But I think he does a very good job of playing a, a very dislikable young man. Yeah. I, I would put him up there with, like, the dad in The Idiot's Lantern. Uh, yeah. Of just, like, just a deeply unlikable human being that, mm. you know, one of the most unlikable we've seen on the show. But but then he has an pretty interesting journey, I think, when you take the whole story into account. But anyway, yes. Yeah, so, one, uh, one thing we haven't mentioned. Yeah. I feel we need to before we begin. Obviously, one thing I didn't like about this episode, Martha's back. Yeah. And there's only one thing worse than Martha. Is there? Two Marthas. <laughs> You're not a fan of, uh, of uh, Clone Martha. Clone Martha. So, around. before we jump in, yeah. because at the end of last season, I put it to you that obviously once she's no longer travelling with the Doctor... Yeah. I was aware that she appears in Torchwood. Yes, and a little bit. This is yeah. the first we've seen her 
because we didn't watch those episodes yeah. of Torchwood. She's now working for Unit. Yes. Is that the plot thread she follows in Torchwood? Don't know. Never, never watched that far into Torchwood. So really? Uh, yeah. No, I've, I've never made it past about like episode four of Torchwood. I think so. Uh, right. Yeah. Not a clue what she does in Torchwood, but uh, um, it's possible that 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 happens. It's certainly you can tell some time has passed, and she's. Uh, I mean, when she's in. We'll, we'll get to it when she uh, crops up in this episode. I think mm-hmm. like exactly what's happened to her in the interim. But I think it's nice to see her back. Do, do you not think it's too soon? Possibly. I think it would have had more gravitas. I mean, this is only four episodes yeah. since we last saw her. Um, five, five, if we count the Christmas special. Yeah. But, yeah, fair enough. But the way it was left at the end of series three, you know, her last word, one of her last words was, I'll see you again, mister. Hmm. You know, it was, I think RTD had this in the back of his mind. I think also RTD was kind of conscious of the fact that he probably, this was going to be his last proper season on the show. And it's rare that an incoming showrunner will start pulling in characters from the previous, like you've got to have a really good reason for doing that because like, it's such a regime change that a lot of those actors would have moved on and it's, you know, it's not like... Saying to Freeman at Gaiman, hey, do you want to come back and do a bit more Doctor Who a year after she's just officially finished with it? It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll come back and do do that. It's, you know, it'd be the same team. Something like that. Five, ten years down the line, well, I, I it's would say, a bigger ask of her. I would say so, even if it was later in this series. Yeah, maybe. And again, I know that most people don't watch the pace we do yeah but for us it's only been a couple of weeks yeah it's true it's true um i don't think the aim with this was to be like a big oh my god martha's back kind of thing it's just like more like oh martha's back do you know what i mean in my notes i've written for fuck's sake it's martha (laughs) well there you go anyway i'm happy to see her back i wasn't well, anyway, um, certainly wasn't happy when they made more Marthas. Yeah. Well, we've got we've got as we've alluded to, we've got a lot of quite all over the place plot to get through. Yeah. So, shall we uh, get stuck into right. it? So we begin at the Rattigan Academy. Yes. And there's a lady being led away by people. I put in red pajamas. It seems it's some sort of yeah. school uniform. PE. It, they do. Type. It does look like just like a red onesie or something, doesn't it? It's and then. Like, she says that Atmos is dangerous. Yeah. But Luke Rattigan argues. Yeah. And it, she gets into a car. Atmos, which stands for Atmospheric Emission System, mm-hmm. can't be disabled. Yeah. So she says, take me to unit headquarters. Oh. So I was hoping we'd see Mike again. Maybe the Brigadier. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe Sergeant Benson. Yeah. We, uh, don't, what see, did we don't see any of them, do no, we? No, we don't. It's a shame. We get one throwaway excuse uh, for why we don't get to see the Brigadier. And yeah, because he's in Peru. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's a bit, of kick in, a bit of a kick in the teeth. Why would he be in Peru? Yeah. Um, I, I can't remember. I, I'm trying to think how old Nicholas Courtney would have been by the time they were producing this. I think he may not have been in the best of health. I, I think there was probably a draft of this where it was uh, Nicholas Courtney at, at the very at the very least had a scene or something, but I think uh, I don't know that for sure. But it's so a shame. Instead of Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart, we get Colonel Mace. 
Yeah, who is a bit of a nothing in comparison. You've got to admit, like I know you've only had a taste of the Brigadier, but yeah, but he was a presence yeah. on screen. Exactly. And, it's like, you know, he was. We I saw him in one episode, and I was able to work out exactly who he was and yeah. what sort. Of. And he has a charm to him, doesn't he? Yeah. That, like, yeah. I mean, is it just the mustache? And it's at the Maybe end it's when everything blows over, and he's like, "Come on, let's go for a pint." Yeah, exactly. That's like, what you want, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, and, and that's one of the great appeals of the Pertwee era is the sort of, despite the fact that they're like meant to be like this crack military force, it feels more just like a weird dysfunctional family. Yeah. The unit, the unit crew, and we don't really get the same sense of that in no, this episode, no. unfortunately. Well, they they acknowledge that, don't they? They say it's a modern unit for a modern world. Mm. So, Rattigan contacts a non-human off-world, yeah. and the woman we find out is called Joe Nakashima. Yeah, she's a journalist, and she will be dead within thirty seconds. We we can all tell yeah. because yeah. her sat nav, which is tied into Atmos, yeah. Makes her drive into a river. Yeah. Now, I've put, makes her drive into a river. Yeah. Because it doesn't control the car. Initially, it doesn't. But later on, it does. It Basically, when she tries to override it, it just drives for her. But there's a bit, I think it's in the second episode. Yeah. Where Atmos tells one of the unit soldiers yeah. to turn left. Yeah. And the doctor says, just go right. Yeah. And he's like, no, it says to go left. It's like... <laughs> free will just drive yeah. where you want yeah but then back on the TARDIS we've got the Doctor and Donna having some sort of palaver I don't know it's yeah it, but it's, there's some shenanigans there's the usual sort of TARDIS is being yeah TARDIS rickety. nonsense yeah the mallet's back yeah good to see <laughs> yeah and the phone starts to ring oh yes yeah and as we've alluded to it's Martha yeah because that's the phone he uh, that she left him. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and she says that you need to come back to Earth. So they do. Yeah, yeah. So we get the titles, and following that, the TARDIS appears, and the Doctor hugs Martha. Mm-hmm. Martha's now engaged to Big Tom, Big Doctor Tom. Yeah, from before, it's nice, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And she's currently leading the unit in Operation Blue Sky mm-hmm. because she's now some sort of weird soldier. Yeah. Bit like Mickey, like Mickey what, slash Ricky, becoming a sort of hacker freedom fighter. Yeah. Type. Yeah. 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 I feel like we haven't talked about him in a while. Well, no, he's not been on the show for a while. No, but I miss him. Yeah. Right, and they're raiding can, this. Can we also mention? I I really do like the interplay between Donna and Martha here. Yes. It's the kind of echoes in School Reunion when. Rose and Sarah Jane get over their initial animosity and, and start sort of swapping stories about the Doctor yeah. and like, you know having that sort of kindred spirit of having that perspective on moment. and I, I love particularly when Donna se- it, like starts calling out the Doctor for being too skinny and says give him a hug <laughs> and get a paper cut yeah. that's just like oh, that's some prime Donna there yeah so Operation Blue Sky is raiding this base looking for Aliens, yeah, and it's at this point that the doctor's introduced to Colonel Mace, mm-hmm. and we see Unit is far more complex than it once was. Yeah, and the doctor, for someone who worked for a very long period of time with Unit, 
the tenth doctor is a right old prick to Colonel Mace from the uh, yeah. the unit lot. Like, cause cause he salutes him and and he's just so dismissive of that. And I think he's a little bit later on the scene, but I don't want to forget about. I want to mention another bit of Prime Donna um, when she introduces herself to him and says, "Donna Noble, since you didn't ask." And I'll have a salute. Yeah. And, and he does. He salutes her. And, oh, I love it. Yeah. I love that. See, again, she's like the best thing in this. Episode. Oh, no. I'm not I'm not going to fight you on that. She is, she is absolutely the highlight of every episode we've seen so far. So, the reason they're investigating is 52 people died simultaneously the same way all around the world. Uh-huh. And they all had Atmos in their car. So, Atmos... It's put into cars because it reduces CO2 emissions to zero. Yeah. So that's its sort of main benefit. You know what? I know, obviously, it doesn't pan out great in the episode, but right now, sitting here, baking away on the hottest day of the year, we could do with some fucking Atmos, couldn't we? Someone needs to come up with something like that. Yeah. Then we could get people to drive into canals. I mean, ideally not... Is that the part you were getting at? No, ideally (laughs) not that part. More the cutting emissions part. But, right. you know, right. not the, I know. Not the death of 52 people worldwide. <laughs> no, I wasn't calling for the death of 52 people worldwide. Okay. Right. right. The next scene has, I don't think they're given names, it's just two unit grubs yeah. searching a building, and in the darkness they find an area that's out of bounds. Yeah. But the non-human from before grants them access, and in there they find like a weird sarcophagus filled with liquid yeah it's let's be honest it's a fairly classic sci-fi trope it's it's a goop tank yeah isn't it yeah because seconds later yeah. like a weird man yeah. embryo goop man yeah goop man. it's a goop man in a goop tank it i mean it's, we've, we've all seen them yeah and then a short alien commander appears yeah now were they always so short yes and was it always like a bone of contention that everyone picks on them for being so short? Yeah. The, the things about uh, Santarans is that they are often underestimated because of their stature. And people like, you know, they're just like, like funny little aliens. But then, of course, they are just bloodthirsty, insane warriors. Yeah. <laughs> they're basically like a cross between, like, I don't know, a Viking, a Klingon, and a potato. Yeah. <laughs> and... At this point, we're introduced to General Stahl of the Sontara Battlefleet. Played by... Christopher Ryan. Yes. Better Mike, known for... Mike from The Young Ones. Yeah. Or I think he also plays in Bottom. I think his name is Dave Hedgehog. Oh, God, yeah. I've not seen Bottom in such a long time. Yeah. I need to go back. Because there's Spudgum and Dave Hedgehog. They're two <laughs> friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah... I, I, I think it's, it's, I, I find I, I find there's almost a cognitive dissonance. Like, I have trouble thinking that underneath all of that Sontara makeup, it's Mike from the Young yeah. Ones. But when I was younger, I used to like the Young Ones for like Rick Mail uh-huh. and Ed Edmondson because they would shout and say silly things. When I watch it as an adult, I think Mike might be my favourite. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like. If you take Mike out of the Young Ones, the whole thing falls apart. Yeah. Because you need that sort of like point of contrast and also it's not that he doesn't get funny stuff to do it's just his funny stuff is compl- the complete polar opposite yeah. to all the other funny stuff going on and oh, 
Yeah, it's glorious. Um, yeah, I, I love Mike and the Young Ones. I also love General Style. Can I say, I think he's great as General Style. Oh, I, yeah. I love his performance in this. Um, but yeah. It's very shouty, though, isn't it? Yeah, because he's a Sontaran. He's a Sontaran general. They, did they used to be shouty? Yes, they are. They are basically the the whole the the the, the whole point of really Sontaran is it's like it's reducing the military mind to its pure essence, where it's just it's all tactics, it's all glory of battle. So. It's and and there is no subtlety. Um, and and it kind of it's it's almost, they're almost satirical. They're like they're taking that mentality to the point of ridiculousness when this episode aired would people have like so like when the master came back yeah like everyone oh people lost their shit yeah people yeah. going crazy was yeah. it the same here not to the same level really the, no because okay Sontarans are they're one of those I don't know I don't want to say they're B-listers are they in the same but... league as the mannequin monsters whatever. maybe a step above but like in that sort of ballpark in that like they feature in a fair number of stories and those stories some of them are well regarded some of them are a bit naff but overall if you're a doctor who fan you're like oh i like a sontara and that's a bit of fun it's nice to see them back it's it's more just like it's nice to have another connection to the classic series to be expanding that universe not just with new creations but with also some of the old favorites they're a comfy pair of slippers as far as Doctor Who monsters go. Right. The next bit I might need you to guide me through. I'll, I'll, do, I'll try. So Donna's been investigating personnel yeah. at this Atmos base. Yeah, yeah. You're and, putting her temping skills, skills to good work. And she realises no one is ever off sick. Yes. Is that all just because they've basically been taken over by the Sontara into a bay and they just yes. do Yes, yeah, like brainwashed basically. Because they, they end up, they interview one of them later, don't they? Yeah. yeah. I just think they yeah. make a big point of nobody being off sick. Yeah. And then the payoff is just like, oh yeah, it's not that important. They just it's just, it's just, it's it gives them that initial lead because unit have, have they're investigating Atmos, but at present they have not found, they, they know something that is fishy, but they cannot find a lead. They can't find like any angle. Yeah, for it basically, and 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 Donna gives them that first lead. So we're told that at this point, Atmos was developed by Luke Rattigan, this child yeah. genius. Yeah. And we probably get my favourite bit of this first episode, I would uh -huh. say. So Donna and Martha discuss involving family when the Doctor's involved, yeah. and Donna tells the Doctor she's leaving, she's going home. Yes, yeah. and. The Doctor does like an impassioned speech uh -huh. where he's like, oh, thank you so much for everything. Without you, I wouldn't have done this, this, this. Mm -hmm. And then and we, about we've half... We've seen him do this before as well. Like, we, we, yeah. we With every companion, companion yeah. whenever they leave, he yeah. does this speech. And about halfway through, he goes, you're coming back, aren't you? You're just, <laughs> yeah. you're just bobbing home. Yeah. And she's yeah. just like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. you get the feeling she's not going to let him forget Oh, that no. speech anytime oh, soon. Oh, no, absolutely not. Amazing. So, Martha looks over a worker that has never been off ill, mm -hmm. and he has a rapid heartbeat, and he works 24 hours a yeah. day. Yeah. And when she begins to question this, she's led away by the two unit grunts from earlier. Mm -hmm. 
I think they say that she's going to go meet Colonel Mace, but they just sort yes. of escort her away. Yeah. And when Donna finally does get home, it's a bit like she has PTSD walking down yeah. the street. It's like normal life doesn't... She can't relate to that anymore. Yeah, absolutely. So, so the way it's it's cut, it's like you get these sort of, this sort of montage of all of the different adventures she's had with the Doctor so far, like just rapid cut in between her just sort of shambling down the street. I don't love the editing on it. No. If only because most of the time it's it's silent, except they, they, they have one line of dialogue from a previous episode, which is her waving at one of the adipose and saying, I'm waving at that. <laughs> like, that was the line? Yeah. It feels just maybe they were a bit rushed. So it's not the best work. So. No, it's it's not it's not a brilliant uh, bit of cutting, but it gets the point across that it's kind of surreal for her coming home. After and then, as she's walking down the street, Big Wilf, my hero, oh, he he's like bad. my new face of Bo. He's yeah. like my new favorite. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. He sees her, waves her, welcomes her home yeah. with open arms. Yeah, I would like. Without wanting to get morbid, I've got a vacancy for a grandfather. Yeah. I would love uh, Wilf or Bernard Cribbins. Either <laughs> is, is welcome to be my new granddad anytime. Um, if you could have celebrity grandparents, so you've got Bernard Cribbins. I've got Bernard Cribbins. Who right. else are you going for? Oh, Ian McKellen. Okay. Um. And I guess I need some grandmothers as well. Um, oh, See, tricky. for grandfathers, yeah. I'm going Des O'Connor. All right, yeah, no, fake, fake. And fresh. even though he's dead, Bob Monkhouse. Oh yeah, no, you, that's a pretty uh, strong lineup. Yeah. And you know what? We're struggling with grandmothers, and that is just it tells you everything you need to know about the inherent sexism <laughs> in, in the media, doesn't it? And ageism. Barbara Windsor. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, I. That's a good, good option. Um, Enya? Enya? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll let you have Enya. Yeah, they're my celebrity grandparents. Oh. Until I can think of anything better. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm genuinely struggling. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, it's really sad because I think I'm pretty sure she's dead. Um, I'm keeping it in the Doctor Who universe. I'd go, maybe go Maggie Stables, who played Evelyn Smythe who was a uh, companion for the Sixth Doctor on, on Big Finish Audio Adventures. Shall, anyone who, who is listening to this who is a Big Doctor Who fan and has never checked out those stories, hands down my favourite Sixth Doctor stories, without a doubt, beats anything he did on TV into a cocked hat. Love that, that series. So yeah, go with Maggie Stables. Why not? That, that's going to be in the back of my head for the rest of the conversation. Yeah. Who do I want? <laughs> who do I want? Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, yeah, moving on. Interesting point we need to acknowledge. Yeah. Donna's mum got the car keys okay out the bin. Oh, yeah, that's handy. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. um, again, that yeah. was just being on my mind. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You thought you had grand predictions for that. Yeah, I still, mean, <laughs> I still maintain someone took that laser screwdriver out oh, the yes. bin. Yeah. And that's going to be a relevant plot point. Maybe. Or it's just in landfill. One of the two. I, I think that so far although a lot of the time I say how crap this program is I think it's responsible with plot points like that I don't think that would have happened without it going somewhere 
Okay. Yeah. I think otherwise he would have been like, oh, I can't afford this falling into the wrong hands, and he'd put it in some stasis thing in the mm. TARDIS. They wouldn't just leave something like if that. If he's put that in the yeah. bin, it, it's coming back. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I can't. You, I, I, I don't want. To, I don't want to know either way. Yeah. But that is my grand prediction. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so anyway, yeah. We so we get the, the lovely family reunion, and we haven't really talked much about the nobles as a, as a sort of interesting family unit, where you've got sort of you've got Wilf, you've got his daughter. Uh, oh God, I always forget her first name. You know, Donna's mum. Yeah. Mrs. Um, Mrs. Mrs. Noble. Mrs. Noble. And uh, and Donna, and like, it's funny because it's just like. How does a lovely man like Wilf end up with such a harridan of a of a daughter? Yeah. Well, we never see his wife. That's true. He probably murdered her. She was so horrible, <laughs> and that's why her daughter was so horrible. About Wilf, I don't want to hear that. But Maybe yeah. that's why he's so nice all the time. He's got yeah. a dark past. Maybe. But anyway, speaking of secrets, he's obviously he says to to Donna like, "Don't don't tell your mum," and. Uh, mm. Yeah, so then, then she has that whole thing where she's all about says, oh, don't tell me what, and uh, yeah, and and but she acts like, like nothing has changed. She's just immediately she's kind of haranguing Donna and like making yeah. her cut out coupons <laughs> and uh, all the rest of it. So whilst that's going on, the Doctor meets Rattigan, and we find out the reason he opened his academy is. For colonising, terraforming new planets. Yeah. Uh, strolling through that science lab uh, in Rattigan's Academy, would that have passed muster in an offset inspection? I don't know, because it's like a... They'd just say it's some sort of technology college and probably yeah. get away with it. But, like, they had something that was something on, on the table surface that was just belching flame. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it looks like an internship at Google. It's just like you turn yeah. up and you do what you want and you get paid for it. Yeah, pretty much. It's It does have a, that sort of like loosey-goosey feel to it. Mm. And, and obviously this is like an elite academy. He's like hiring geniuses to uh, work on all this, this stuff with him. So in amongst everything in his lab, he's also got a teleport pod, Yeah. which the Doctor uses. Can you remember the joke that he uses when he's gone through the teleport pod? Uh, intruder window. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh no, there's an intruder. And he goes, oh, how did he get in? Intruder window. Which is the second time that joke has been used in Doctor Who. Really? Yeah, do you remember uh, in Dalek when uh, Van Staten is marching down the corridor, uh, barking out orders to all of his staff, and he makes and he gets told, we've got some intruders. How do they get in? Intruder window. Laugh, that was funny. Uh, you know, so right. second right. time in the, in the new series that we've had the intruder window. Through the window gag. So, so, the Doctor teleports back to Rattigan's lab, uh-huh. followed by a Sontaran. But then the Doctor uses the sonic screwdriver to d- break the teleporter. Mm-hmm. And it's the first time that I'd seen a Sontaran without its helmet at this point. Yes, yeah. And I'd put, he has a potato for a head. And it turns out that's, like, the aim. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, just they, constantly they, tormented for having potatoes for heads. Yeah, it's certainly acknowledged in in that very same scene. Hmm. Um, yeah. So the doctor then just hits him in the neck with a squash ball. <laughs> yeah. They have some sort of valve, like a breathing apparatus. Pro- probic vent. Right. Is the official term, but yeah, again, consistent with the classic series. That's always been their weak spot. Right. And the doctor says, obviously, 
that feeds into the culture of Sontarans in that they must always always face their enemies in battle. Right. You know. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So he works out that they've converted 400 million cars mm. with Atmos. So 400 million cars can become weapons. I mean, one could argue that they already are. I mean, you don't want to get too real on you, but, you know, we've seen incidents where cars have very much been used as weapons. So, yeah. It's really not that much of a stretch. I but mean, it's a couple, going back about three years, I hit a pheasant. Yeah. It's just worth pointing out cars, they're not toys. Yeah. They're dangerous things. Exactly. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> just thought like a, no a little, real response. Yeah, no, just a just a general public service announcement. <laughs> so, the unit grubs from before are going to turn Martha into the weird embryo from before. Yeah, and the Sontarans realise who the Doctor is. They talk about the Great Time War and how the Doctor is a formidable foe mm -hmm. for the Sontarans. Yeah, because they're, they're like they're, they're bitter that they didn't get to participate in the time war, yeah. like this this cataclysmic <laughs> deadly event, and they're just like, oh, we weren't allowed, we weren't invited to play with the big kids. Is there any reason why they weren't, or just it didn't concern them? Uh, I think yeah, it just they weren't one of the species involved. Right? They were probably too busy battling with the Rutans. Oh yeah, I think they do say that. They do, they? yeah. That's the, that's the established thing. Is basically the Sontarans, whenever they get involved with other species, it's usually a byproduct of their ongoing war with the Rutans. Right. The Rutans, interestingly, I, I mean, I've not seen all of Classic Who yet. I have never seen a Rutan. I've seen uh, several Sontarans. I've never seen a. Rutan. Are we going to see them in New Who? I don't want to spoil that for you. Maybe I'll probably have forgotten by then. Yeah. They're not that important. So far, no Rutans right. in New Who. I think it's always the thing. I think it maybe is like part of the fun of the Sontarans is you only ever see the Sontarans and never their enemy. never their enemy because it's always just them kind of like other species getting in the way. I, there was a, a sketch on that Mitchell and Webb look. Yeah, where it was a character called Sir Digby Chicken Caesar. Oh yes, yeah, and he was that. always on the run from his enemy. <laughs> yes, but you never saw his enemy, and he would just yeah. get into weird situations because yeah. he was on the run. Yes, yeah, yeah. The joke being that he was just yes, he was just a having, vagrant tramp. Yeah, I was going to say it's just like always he's drunk. Trouble, but yeah, he was, he was kind of but he was living this sort of like uh, pulp adventure <laughs> life in his head. Yeah, where he was this sort of great hero. Um, but yeah. So, clone Martha awakes, yeah. and they basically just put Martha's memories into a subservient body. Yeah, it was into the goop man. Yeah, yeah they so they, sort of... they said that ordinary hypnosis and mind control wouldn't work on her. That's why they've had to take this next step. Yeah. So, the cars begin driving into the rivers, except yeah. the Doctor manages to trick his into stopping. So the Sontarans think the Doctor's dead. So he says that the car is programmed to go against his wishes. Mm -hmm. So he tells the car to drive into the river. Yes. Which, of course, means it stops. And a, a lovely, another 
bit of comedy that I really enjoy in that he like he's with his, his unit mate uh, who's driven in there and it's like okay get out get out, get out. And, and like so they sort of like barrel out of the uh, the car expecting a big explosion and then it just goes fucked yeah. <laughs> and it's like oh is that it so following on from that the doctor goes to Donna's house obviously her granddad does recognise him from yeah. the Christmas special yeah so we so, get that official bit of continuity so they have met one another yeah and when he contacts Clone yeah. and says, will you pass a message on, Code Red, Sontarans, she just doesn't. Yeah. And then Donna's mum also recognises him from <laughs> Christmas Invasion. Yeah. Was it Christmas Invasion? Yes, it was. Yeah. No. No, Runaway Bride. Runaway Bride. Sorry. I always get the... Yeah, because it was also a Christmas <laughs> Invasion. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she recognises him from ruining the wedding even though yeah. he played no part in that yes and yeah. inside the car when he's looking at atmos the doctor finds a temporal pocket mm. so we haven't seen one of those since that sphere that had the cult of scaro oh yes yeah yeah uh, so he realizes there's something else in here yeah some kind of alien technology so it's a converter he triggers it yeah and it basically just pumps the car full of gas yeah with Wilf trapped inside. Yes, because it starts pumping out gas and he can't switch it off. And, and um, Wilf's just like, oh, I'm going to get it off the road. It's, it's dangerous. Um, which And then the doors all lock, I think. And so, he's yeah, he's trapped inside. And, uh, yeah, they, they're, you know, Bernard Cribbins is going to die. Yeah. Which is a, a genuinely serious cliffhanger. So, once it's triggered, this yeah. alerts the Sontarans. Yeah. They realise that the Doctor isn't dead, so they trigger all of Atmos. Mm -hmm. The cars all go bonkers, the Sontarans are loving it, Yeah. and that's where the first episode ends. We get that little chant, don't we? That little sort of like, it's not a hacker, but it's like, they go, Sontaha. Yeah. Sontaha. It, it gets, yeah. I think it's in the second episode, where Ratigan joins in. Yeah. And it becomes very annoying, yeah. very fast. Yeah. Pretty sure that is uh, new for this episode. I'm, I don't really? recall any classic Sontaran saying Sontaha. In the same way that Cybermen didn't used to go around saying delete at everything. Yeah. I feel like there's this... Just give them a catchphrase. Yeah, I think it's just to kind of try and sell more toys and merchandise. And things, but, so yeah. we're now into the second episode, Poison Sky. Yeah. Which is the fifth episode of season four. And the cliffhanger... Of Wilf trapped in the car, mm -hmm. you know we definitely thought he was going to dead based on previous cliffhangers. Yeah, absolutely. So Donna's mum just smashes the car window. Yeah. So everyone's fiddling with the locks and <laughs> the, the sonic screwdriver. screwdriver. Yeah. And she just—is it a hammer? Or it's an it? axe, I think. An axe. That's right. Yeah. Because Donna even says, "Why have you got an axe?" <laughs> yeah. I, I, again, I quite—I do think a lot of the humour and stuff lands in this two-parter. Um, I really like that, for once, it's not the Doctor magicking it out, it's just, like, Donna's mum, not the most likeable character, but obviously she is a very common sense person, uh -huh. so I love that she's just like, just mum logic, fucking smash it, yeah. for problem solved, yeah, so, I like so that. From there, Clone Martha hacks into NATO. Yeah, uh, Buffalo, I yeah, guess. Yeah, probably. <laughs> We've established... That they're very easy to hack. <laughs> yeah. And she forwards the info to the Sontarans. Yeah. 
Now, we get a nice moment here, because the Doctor gives Donna the TARDIS key, so she's a proper companion yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Gotta she, have that moment. She goes to hide from all the gas in the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Clone Martha then gets the unit grunts to move the TARDIS. So, not only is Donna inside it, but the TARDIS is now in the hands of a Sontaran agent. Yes. That's sort of the danger going on here. Indeed. And they teleport it to the Sontaran ship. They do. With Donna inside. So, we get a little nod at this point that the Sontarans have a hidden agenda from Rattigan. Yeah. They sort of laugh at him as a bit of an imbecile for doing everything they say. Yeah. And they haven't released their true motive no. at this point. No. Um, and I think it's interesting to point out at this point, effectively, with Donna on board the thing, you've, you've kind of now got the situation of the Sontarans have got a mole on Earth in the form of Clone Martha, and then uh, Unit and the Doctor have got a uh, mole on the Sontaran ship in the form of Donna. Yeah. Um, See, I think at this point, it's where the Doctor works out that Clone Martha isn't real Martha. Yeah. Because he asks her, have you rung your family? And she says, oh, I'll do it in a bit. Yeah. And I think he knows that real Martha, obviously, puts family first. Yeah, yeah. You, you so. get that. And, and it's a good acting from Tennant there because he doesn't say anything. You just kind of read it on his face. Yeah. That yeah. he's kind of sort seen through that. So... I don't know if you noticed this, but... Well, you probably did. Mm -hmm. What happens when the Doctor contacts the Sontarans? Um, You'll have to refresh my memory. Just for a split second on his computer screen. We get a flash of rose. Yes, we do. Yeah, I remember that now. So that's probably more annoying than not getting any acknowledgement. (laughs) Yeah. Because that's just like RTD and his gang of knobheads. (laughs) Like, the, like going, yeah, we know you want Rose. We know you're thinking about it. Not today, pal. Yeah. So, I just know. for a second. This is the RTD approach to uh, story arcs, though, isn't it? Series 1, Bad Wolf. Series 2, Torchwood. Series 3, Mr. Saxon. Series 4, just chuck Rose in for a second. But, certainly with Bad Wolf, we get a little acknowledgement every episode. Yeah. And it's... But it's not acknowledged. It's just like, in conversation, someone says yes. bad wolf. Yeah, it's just a Whereas here, user. we've seen Rose. Yeah. We've had someone tell the Doctor she's coming back. Yes. <laughs> and, but then we get a couple of episodes where it's not mentioned. Yeah. Just like, make your mind up. Yeah, it's just, it's almost like they knew, they knew they wanted to tease it, but they didn't really have necessarily a lot to do with that. So just yeah. like, I don't know, just flash her up on the screen for a second. Do it in the edit. So, when yeah. he contacts the Sontarans, he calls them cowards. He says, gas is a coward's weapon. Yeah, he's goading them. Yeah, rather than facing your enemy, what you're doing there is killing prisoners, essentially. Yeah, yeah. So, he speaks in code to get Donna to call him, but she doesn't know which number to call. Yeah. So, he says, it's like, oh, I'm talking to the Sontarans. It's like I've got a phone yeah. where I can talk just to you. Yeah. And drops really subtle hints. <laughs> but she just has no idea how yeah. to contact. Him. I mean, it's it's and it's fair enough. Like he's 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 half, I mean, I know why. He, obviously, you always having to talk around it rather than just saying, "Hey, Donna, in the TARDIS over there. Yeah. Why don't you do this? Because then they'd be immediately rumbled. But uh, uh, yeah, 
not an easy situation for Donna to be in. No. To feel like, no. you know, I've got to do something, but I don't have a flipping clue what to do. Uh, so, yeah. Right. Now, the next bit is one of my pet peeves about Doctor Who. We've definitely discovered this in the past. Yeah. Ratigan is going to colonise a new planet. Yeah. And he calls it Earth Point Two. Oh God, yes, that grates. It's two point oh. It's yes. Earth two point yes. If it's point two, that is current Earth that has been amended. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's like a minor upgrade. That's how program versions work. Yeah, and and he's meant to be like this computer. He's meant to be like uh, one of the Google fans. He's like he's created a search engine. That's how he made his millions. Yeah. He will definitely know the difference between point two and two point oh. Basically, if it's Earth point two, he's just put a patch. On Earth. Yeah. He's like fixing minor bugs with her. <laughs> it's so annoying. Yeah. But hey-ho. Right. Probably because he makes such a stupid point. Yeah. All his students think he's mad and they leave. Yeah. Well, he starts banging on about, you know, how they're going to terraform this new planet, how they're going to wipe out everyone who isn't part of his select gang of geniuses. He says... That they'll they'll you know they'll they'll colonize this new planet they'll breed and like one like one of the handful of female students yeah. uh, is like you're gonna breed with us he's like and he said does he say something like I've sketched out a program yes. or something like that and and just like yeah no nah. and they're just like no nah, I'm out yeah. so uh, he all of a sudden he's a sad lonely little genius yeah yeah because I think does he end by like going. I am intelligent. Yeah. Well, I think at one point he like pulls a gun on them, doesn't he? Like tries to threaten yeah. them into staying, and they're just like, nah. <laughs> but, right. So, so the, the doctor is investigating the gas that's released by Atmos. Yeah. He can work out what ninety percent of it is. Yeah. Ten percent of it seems to be non-organic, so he says it's made by the Sontarans. It must be something they need. Mm-hmm. So his little plan is to work out what that is nato's plan is to launch nukes at the sontaran ship yeah and we get again it's one of those scenes that i think is meant to be a lot more dramatic than it appears yes yeah we're we're counting down towards the launch of these mm-hmm. nukes mm-hmm. and at the last minute uh, or the last second even clone martha stops it so yeah. she's hacked into the system and there's just a big thing on her phone that's like, nuke, question mark? Yes. Yes or no? Yeah. And she presses oh. no for now. It's funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's what, yeah, it's overrated. It's one of those moments where you remember that Doctor Who is partly a kid's show. Because, yeah. <laughs> like, it's so broad and it's just like, in reality, if we were going to try nuking a spaceship, we'd send one nuke up first and see if that works. Yeah. Before every country in the world but, simultaneously but launching also, their nuclear like, weapons, the Doctor doesn't want them to launch the nuke. Yeah, the Sontarans don't want them to launch the nuke. They're the important characters here, and then it's just like NATO, who yeah. aren't that important in this story, just going, "Yeah, we're going to do it." There was never any danger of them. Launching. Well, I think the thing is, that part of it is one of the underlying theme or, or like running things in this story is the tension between the Doctor and Unit mm-hmm. and their sort of militaristic style. I think earlier in the episode, Colonel Mace is hanging around near the Doctor and the Doctor kind of asking to move away because he's like, he's carrying a gun and he's like, I don't, you know, I'm not happy that you've got a gun. Uh, and it's just like, I mean, yeah, but also, I don't, I don't know, I'm in two minds about that because 
it's definitely a feature of the Doctor as a character that he does not carry weapons. Mm-hmm. Like, that's part of his thing, is that he wants to find the peaceful solution, the give people the chance. But but also, let's be honest, he's not afraid of using weapons when, when it suits him. Mm. Or, you know, taking violent courses of action if he feels there is no other course of action. He's not... Some people say the Doctor is a pacifist. That is demonstrably untrue. He is not a pacifist character. No. Well, we've seen him like wipe out entire species. Absolutely. Um, but he has that tension where it's, it's like it's always the last resort, and he's not comfortable with the idea of just walking around with a weapon because that leads to a sort of shoot first, ask questions later mentality. And I think that's the kind of tension there. So the the kind of the taking the approach of blasting the, the Sontarans out of the sky doesn't satisfy him because it's like we don't know what they're trying to do yet we need to figure it out and give them the option to bugger off and do it elsewhere before yeah um we go for the nuclear option so Sontaran foot troops then move in yeah and kill unit troops yeah just including ross down. jenkins yeah i thought i'd make a note of his name because yeah. he's been in the episode it doesn't really do anything he, he's like he, he just has a bit of a pally, pal around with uh, the Doctor in a gym, yeah, doesn't he? But I thought, seeing as he's dead, we might as well acknowledge him by yeah, name. And I think he, the the Doctor has a moment, with, but it kind of plays into a moment later with the Doctor where he kind of yeah. berates the Colonel. But um, yeah. but yeah, um, so they, he, they get they the unit guys are getting slaughtered basically. Yeah. So unit orders a retreat. Sontarans take the factory. Yeah, and. It's at this point the Doctor says, you know, I could really use with the Brigadier right yes. now. Yeah. But we find out he's in Peru. Yeah, there's just... I almost would have preferred it if they hadn't mentioned the Brigadier at all. If that's what you're going to do with it. Oh, make it cool. Just be yeah. like, oh, nobody's seen him in years. Yeah, exactly. Like, like you do, know. Do so- if you're going to acknowledge the Brigadier, which you definitely should because he was such a huge part of the show for such a long time... Do something cool with it. Don't just be like, "Oh, he's on holiday." Basically, <laughs> which is what it sounds yeah. like. But then he was just in bed in the episode. <laughs> <that he watched. laughs> I mean, that's true. Yeah, he was definitely a man of When he, when when he, he went to work, him. it was just one massive bird until he could go to the pub. <laughs> so, yeah. right. So the Sontarans now betray Ratigan. Yeah. Uh, they admit that they're just using him. I think he tries to like overplay his importance in their plan. Yes, yeah, and, and he's he's like, you know, I, you know, I'll do it al- alone. I'll start the, the terraforming, and, and they're like, that was never. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, uh, yeah, they they just they needed him to install the Atmos system. Basically, they they needed a global businessman with the reach to spread that device all over the earth. Um, so the doctor calls Donna on the phone. Mm-hmm. So it didn't matter that she didn't know his number. Yeah, he knew that number. Yeah, and he says all you need to do is reopen the teleport link. Yeah, he makes it sound really simple. What he actually means is you need to infiltrate an enemy yeah. vessel. Yeah, uh, to reopen this teleport link. And it's yeah, again, it's it's like it's serious stuff, Amar, because <laughs> she's a temp from Chiswick. Yes, this is not in her wheelhouse. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, she manages to escape the TARDIS by again hitting a Sontaran on the neck. Yes, with the with the Chekhov's mallet. Yes, you know I mean? yeah. from earlier. <laughs> from earlier. Yeah. So, gas saturation on Earth is now going up. Mm. So, unit 
tell the doctor to put a gas mask on. Yeah. Do you remember what he says? Are you my mummy? Yeah, a little nod back to the empty child. Yeah. I don't know. I'm in two minds about that one because it's like, on the one hand, yeah, you you call it back to a fan favourite episode, but also it's a bit... doesn't... You're not doing anything with that. Do you know what I mean? So it's... That, that was just one for guys like us. It really was. Yeah, it serves no other function. So, unit insist on fighting. Yeah. And by fighting, what they actually do is bring in the Valiant. Yeah. Which is... Was it was it adopted by unit at the end? It was. The... It's always been a UN uh, right. carrier. Yes. Thing. And unit, obviously, is part... Is a wing of the UN. So they use the engines of the Valiant... Yeah. Huge flying aircraft carrier to blast away the mist. Yes, okay. but I mean it serves over a small, like an area of London, but it's yeah, it's not going to fix the whole world, is it? No, yeah. but it's clear enough that they can get troops back into this factory. Yeah, and they c- and also that the Valiant can fire. Yes, um, and I think what they are targeting is we haven't mentioned it, but part of the reason that the Santarans have such a military advantage is that they've got this signal. I forget what they call it. But it's like this signal that's blasting out over the area that makes the copper in the uh, shell casings expand so that their weapons are rendered useless. But the Valiant manages to blast that and then the unit soldiers can actually fire back at the uh, Sontarans. Yeah, and the soldiers at this point are armed with different bullets. Right, oh, okay, that's... Rather than copper. Maybe that's it. So what was the Valiant blasting then? I think it was just blasting for blasting's sake. Uh, maybe. I think it was to take that down, but they did say that foot troops. It might have been I in didn't. case the Valiant was unsuccessful. I don't know. It, again, this is a classic example of one of the ways in which this episode feels a bit overstuffed. Yes. It's just like one too many layers of things going on, isn't it? So, But anyway, yeah, so we're having a, a proper old shoot-up in, in the Atmos factory with the unit and uh, some Tyrant soldiers. So the doctor. And, oh, oh, can I mention the good line from one of the Sun Towers there? This isn't war. This is sport. Yeah, love that. Just gunning people. Yeah, that is Sun in a nutshell. Mm. So I, I do think one of the things that this episode does do well is it, it does feel true to the the characterization of Sun in the classic series. Right. The doctor takes Clone Martha. Says he's found something they need to investigate. Mm-hmm. He takes her all the back, way back to normal Martha. Yeah. And the Doctor knew the clone was a clone. Probably worked it out when we said. Yeah. But they needed to keep Martha alive to give clone Martha memories to access unit. Yeah. So, so if actual Martha dies, clone Martha wouldn't have access to that. Yeah, I think she would still look like Martha. But, but she'd she just wouldn't be have like an empty yeah. vessel. Yeah, so would be of no value to the Sontarans. So as he frees regular Martha, mm-hmm. that seems to harm Clone Martha. Yeah. And Clone Martha, as she's dying, again feels like a kinship to regular Martha because they share memories. Yes. And she says that the mystery element in the gas is clone feed. Yeah. That's how some Tarans reproduce. Yeah. So they don't mate, they simply clone their best soldiers. Yeah, and just, cre- and just create more Sontaran soldiers, yeah. So the plan was to turn Earth into a hatchery. Yes, yeah. And again, that's just... Basically, they needed reinforcements for another war. This was never a war to them. They didn't want to... They had, you know... 
and which is why they weren't like going in all guns blazing to just gun down. They weren't interested in that. They were just like, what is the most efficient way that we can get this planet up and running to make more soldiers for our war with the Rutans? Right. So, Donna fixes the teleporter. Yep. Um, there's a nice bit where she says, oh, the, the hand panel's got three fingers. <laughs> and the Doctor just goes, well, you've got three fingers. <laughs> yeah. So all she had to do was just place three of her fingers yeah. into the holes. Uh, so the Doctor uses it to save her, regain the TARDIS. But rather than teleporting back to where he was, he teleports to Rattigan. Yeah. Um, we find out that the gas containing the clone field is flammable. Mm-hmm. And that's why Sontarans didn't want to launch the nukes. Yes. So it wasn't just that they didn't want their ship blown I to I think the thing is that their ship would have withstood the nuclear right. blast. They weren't worried about that. It was just it was going to interrupt with their plan. Right. So So the Doctor just cobbles together an atmospheric <laughs> converter. Well, it was basically already ready to go because it was yeah. Ratigan's lab that he was working on terraforming technology so it's exactly what he needed was something that could uh, alter the atmosphere so that it would be livable for human beings so. yeah. yeah and he uses it and he whether or not the nuke ignites the sky doesn't yeah. really matter because the doctor just does it himself yeah just sets the sky on fire yeah and everyone celebrates everyone's having a great time but the Sontarans threaten war mm-hmm. so the Doctor says goodbye to Donna and Martha. He says, I'm going to go give the Sontarans a chance. Yes, yeah, because basically he's got he's got the atmospheric converter, which he's basically going to jerry-rig into a sort of bomb. Uh-huh. And he says, you know, I need to, you know, and they were saying, like, why can't you just put it on a timer, just send it up, blow them up, and it's done. But the, the Doctor... And we've seen this before, like going all the way back to Rose when he has that confrontation with the nesting consciousness. He brought the antiplastic with him, to, to which fixes the problem, but he had to give the nesting consciousness a the choice choice. first, um, because that's his code. Um, and he t- so he's saying his like final goodbyes to Martha, to D- Donna. He says to Luke, "Do something clever with your life." Instead of just being a dick. Yeah. Because I think there's a nice bit where... I think it's when he's jerry-rigging the converter. Yeah. And he basically just says to Luke, people don't seem to say no to you much, do they? Yes, yeah, yeah. Because as soon as he does, like, Luke loses his Yeah, shit. that's the thing. He's just... He's, he, has, he has this just spoiled, bratty, entitled uh, mentality. So he beams aboard the Sontaran ship, mm-hmm. threatens them with an explosion... But they say that they don't fear death. Mm. Well, they, pro- they probably should because it's fairly imminent. No, but I mean we've seen, but we've seen that already. Like there was a Sontaran in, in the battle that was gunned down, and he just says something like "Ha, ah, glorious!" <laughs> you know, and again, that's the sort of Viking element of them, where it's just like death is is just. I don't know whether Sontarans maybe maybe they believe in some kind of Valhalla like afterlife, mm. but but they just have absolutely no like to die in the glory of battle nothing finer for a Sontaran so Luke fixes the teleporter yeah beams aboard trades place with the Doctor so yeah. Ratigan's now on the Sontaran ship with the bomb yeah the Doctor's back on Earth and Luke Ratigan dies a hero yeah because um, they, they say to him like what are you doing and he just says something clever do you think he dies a hero or do you think he's just selfish 
and wanted to do it himself. Because he likes being both. the centre of attention, doesn't he? Oh, well, I think, well, I, I think it's both. I think it's it's partly he's 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 saving uh, he's saving the earth mm-hmm. definitely, uh, and he's saving the Doctor because mm-hmm. I think maybe he's recognised that the Doctor obviously is a force for good, um, and also I think possibly he feels like everything is lost and maybe he would. He's never gonna live with the guilt of knowing what he that he'd done, and and like he's had this moment of realization of just like I went a bit insane, you know. Mm-hmm. I was prepared to wipe out the majority of the human race because I believed in this this crazy future where you know a new version of mankind, but maybe that's not healthy, not the right thing. And because he saw that crumbling before him when all of his his hand picked future human race or said in just straight out rejected that idea so if that's you know what's he got to live for then basically mm. i think so it is simultaneously a heroic and a cowardly act and i think it makes it retrospectively makes his whole arc so much more interesting yeah yeah i would say so if he had just been otherwise that crazy whiny kid um and he'd survived and, and hadn't made that final sacrifice, I don't think he would have been an interest, as interesting a character. And maybe a bit of a one-note villain. But yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I think a satisfying end to that episode. Hmm. So, the ship blows. Yeah. Back on Earth, nobody drags anymore. <laughs> For a bit. For a bit. <laughs> yeah. You know, you see everyone that. tearing the Atmos stickers out their car. Yeah. Yeah, Donna's mum is talking about how there's kids on bikes outside. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's nice. So, Will tells Donna to go see the stars. Uh, Another lovely yeah. little speech. He says, from... well, he says, go see the stars and bring some of them back for your old gramps. Yeah. And, I'm not, yeah. not going to lie, there was tear a tear. jerking moment. There was a tear. Yeah. Cribbins just is... Oh, He's good, he isn't he? melts your heart. So, Donna invites Martha along. But she says no. She's engaged. Mm. She's got bigger fish to fry. Yeah. And then, as if from nowhere, the door's shut and the TARDIS goes mental and takes off. Yeah. Proper old school uh, cliffhanger. Yeah. Uh, in, in like, this is the sort of nonsense they do every week on, on Classic <laughs> Who, where it's just like, yeah, yeah. tune in next week, folks. Well, we've seen it recently in modern day. Yeah. I, I mean, it's not it's, quite the Titanic's yeah. blasting into the side. Yeah, it, yeah. But it is a bit like that, isn't it? It's just like... Who knows what's going to happen, but, you know. Yeah. It'll probably go nowhere next episode. Oh, well, maybe. Yeah, well, you think we'll start the next episode and just be like, oh, we're all fixed. Back just like, oh, bye bye, John. Shouldn't have pressed that button. Yeah. Bye, Martha. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who knows? Uh, well, I mean... I can't does remember. Does it show when Martha's still inside? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Martha's in there. So Martha, and she, she's like, she's like begging to uh, for the doctor to take her home. Oh, um, Martha next week. Looks like it. So, I mean, join us for that. Um, yeah. um, hopefully you're looking forward to it slightly more than Matt is. We'll see. Uh, so, yeah, that is an episode entitled The Doctor's Daughter. Oh, fucking hell, is Susan coming back? Well, that's his granddaughter. So oh, that's all right. Maybe Susan's mum. Oh, Who maybe. Knows? That'd be worse if it was Martha Ramsey. <laughs> well, who knows what, what is meant by that title. We will find out next week. Until then, thanks very much for listening. And cheerio. Bye now.
space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.